Well, hi, and thanks again for joining me here at Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. Uh, as you see yet another guest, uh, I encourage you uh, to watch these, to, to like them, to share them, ask questions. If there's something you'd like me to cover or something you have a question about, please reach out to me. You can also visit the website at ppmhi.org to find out more of what I can offer um, and how God, as I believe, is using me to bless the church. But before um, we talk about me, because you guys know enough about me, I'm really blessed to have uh, John, Pastor John Robinson with us today. He's a, a local pastor in my area. And uh, by the way, before I even get started, we have a very unique uh, thing that John is headed up in our community. I walked in almost five years ago and I was told, hey, there's this, this pastor's prayer group that meets every Thursday. And I said, well, there's no way we can all get along from different denominations and different faith traditions. Uh, but John is, is, has been the catalyst for several years to this. And we meet Thursdays and we have a good group of us, uh, uh, you know, sometimes up to 12 that kind of meet and we just talk about, um, how we can minister well in our community and we pray for one another. And it's just a beautiful thing, a brothership, I would say, within the body of Christ that is, um, really unique in most communities. And so, John, I want to thank you for for being relentless and constantly <laughs> heading that up. So I appreciate that. So thanks. So let's get started. Uh, so, John, tell me what led you into the ministry? Well, that's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty long story, so I'll try to make it as short as possible. Uh, <laughs> I probably, after I became a Christian at a very uh, fairly young age, around 20, uh, through an unfortunate circumstance of losing a child. Uh, you know, I learned who Jesus was, and I, I felt really honestly uh, a kind of a call to ministry, even way back then, which I promptly ignored like so many people do. I had my own plans and my own direction. But ultimately, after uh, probably 20-some-odd years of wrestling with that thought, uh, the opportunity presented itself to uh, step into the pastoral role at the church I had been attending uh, because of our pastor leaving at that time. And uh, we had to, uh, you know, fill in for a while. And I was preaching and teaching. And finally, the leadership came to me and said, hey, would you consider doing this full time, which really wasn't my my plan, but uh, took it before the Lord and uh, with the encouragement of the leaders and my family and God doing a bunch of wonderful things that could, I could talk forever about, I stepped into ministry. Well, one of the things you mentioned, I think is really important for us to understand when we're looking at the body of Christ and how we're called to build up one another in love. And a lot of times we see that God uh, ha reveals that call or the, or mm -hmm. the, I would say the affirmation of that call through his people, um, but I guess I have a question with with your with your brief account of twenty years that you covered in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what what would give the the church members or the people in your church the idea that that maybe you had this call in your life? What were some of the things you were doing in the church that would kind of show that this was something that God may had have had for you? Well, I think uh, just from the very beginning, uh, I always felt that I needed to contribute and make a difference. So even though I didn't really know much as a believer, I started teaching a little kid's class. I still have great fond memories. It was called Whirly Birds for Jesus. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just great memories and sweet. And I, I learned that I had a passion at that time personally to just communicate God's word. 
Uh, and then over the years, obviously, as uh, God matured me, I was given the opportunity to serve in different positions, uh, always advancing in age and working with people, then ultimately to lead a Bible study, uh, then finally selected as an elder. We are kind of an elder-led congregation and uh, selected as an elder at age, I think, 29, which was fairly young. But at the same time, uh, I was assured by the people that, that they trusted me in that position. And uh, so really just doing ministry almost since the day I became a believer. And so I just, uh, I, I felt that that call was pretty strong. And, uh, but I just, I had other plans, but again, about how to get into ministry, but God had a different plan. And so uh, I believe they just trusted me because of, you know, 20 years of history with a church that, that pretty much gives you a little bit of credibility, I think. Yeah, what a beautiful story. I mean, often, you know, we're called to make disciples and and uh, although every story varies a little bit and the response to what the Holy Spirit is is doing in someone's life, I believe the Holy Spirit is is prompting everyone to have a similar story to kind of what you said. I, I, I received Christ um, in the middle of tragedy, which is just, a, a, you know, a, a wonderful story in itself, how, how Christ meets us in our greatest need. And then you immediately said, okay, so now that I'm this new person in Christ, what does it look like? What do I do? Um, and it's not so you can earn favor with God. It's because of how greatly you know that you've been forgiven and you mm -hmm. want to now uh, give back uh, your whole life, right? Uh, and mm -hmm. then uh, just following the Spirit's lead. And so that's just a, you know, a, a note to all the people who watch this. That's the that's how God wants to do things, just mm -hmm. so you know. Um, it's one of those things that I know that, as we'll probably get into later, but it's a frustrating thing in ministry when people um, show a, reception, a receptiveness to the gospel. Mm -hmm. and then they don't do anything and you're like absolutely well, you know i know that i know that it's done christ has done it all um, yeah but at the same time um that has impact on how we live and sometimes mm -hmm. that gets missed in churches and so i appreciate the the church that you were in that that was kind of i don't know if you thought this way but it seemed like it was a culture that led you to go oh yeah i should now go do something with with this mm -hmm. in the local body so that's that's awesome so what's your current role then in your church and tell me the name of your church the, about it a little okay. bit and all that good stuff uh well on my current role i'm the senior pastor I, I guess lead pastor would be a better perspective the way we kind of look at pastoral ministry but i'm the one that kind of makes sure everything happens from day to day uh the church is gate city christian church we're an independent christian church out of that movement that started way back in the mid 1800s uh, we're a congregation of about 400 uh 400 to 450, uh, very diverse, uh, have all age groups, have a, uh, a wonderful opportunity right now in our ministry to have uh, a lot of college age kids that attend in, from our local university. So it's kind of given us some new challenges and opportunities in ministry. So yeah, it's just, I've been with this church ever since I became a believer, which is really unique. Mm -hmm. I have not, uh, I've not attended or been a part of any other congregation since the day I said yes to Jesus. That is unique, um, but also uh, beautiful, too. So that's a good thing. So also, uh, just for the, the listeners, uh, John is also the chaplain for the Idaho State University football team, mm -hmm. which I'm not sure if that's why you had, you had a lot of college age before you even became chaplain. Is that correct? Yeah, we had a, a really strong connection to a ministry on campus called Chi Alpha. Uh, we just happened to have several of their leaders that kind of gravitated towards our church, and then they started inviting students to come and 
I guess it, there was something that resonated with them and they just continued to add to their numbers. And, and then athletes started to come and then this opportunity to serve as a chaplain came and that's drawn more athletes in. And we're just glad we have an opportunity to see young people have a place they feel comfortable to come and learn about Christ and, and get away from the, you know, the struggles of being a student too and find some real fellowship. Yeah, that's good. Now you've had some baptisms lately. What do you attribute that to? Obviously, the Lord, but what what is uh, <laughs> what are some things that maybe you've noticed? Well, I don't know. We've had twenty eight so far this year, uh, and I think uh, we've spent the whole year uh, as a church, and we try we kind of do this every year. The pastoral staff looks at what should we focus on our teaching for the whole year. And this year, we just picked the, the, the basic topic of that there's a difference between being a believer and a follower. And so uh, you can believe and not do anything, but followers get up and do something. And so we've hit that probably from eight different directions this year through message series. And uh, I think a lot of that has touched people's hearts to realize their commitment can't just be, I said yes to Jesus, or, you know, I love Jesus. There's a deeper commitment. And part of that commitment uh, from the way we try to present it is, you know, you, you submit to him in everything, including into baptism uh, as an act of obedience. Uh, I mean, you can people tie different spiritual things to what that means. Uh, but we all have pretty much agreed, I think, as Christians, that that's an act of obedience for us to follow. And I think a lot of those people are going, yes, I need to take that step. Uh, and and we've had a fair amount of, of course, unbelievers that walk in the door brought by their friends. And they get to that point and they hear that challenge and they just say, yes, this is the step I need to take. And that's pretty much been the story for most of them. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, that relationship that people have with others. I mean, that's the idea is the Great Commission, right? We're to go and make disciples. And that's just not your job. It's it's everyone who uh, is a follower uh, uh -huh. of Christ. And I like that because you can believe in something and, and not and not prompt any action. That's right. Uh, and so uh, when we are when we receive Christ, we follow him. I just let you know, as as he called his disciples, he said, come follow me. Yes. And that's what he's calling yeah. all of us to do. And so yeah. that, they can't follow him and just watch him walk away. You know, you gotta... Yeah, that, that's kind of the point we made with people was uh, he didn't say, come believe in me. He said, come and follow me. Yeah. And so that's just I, I think that's had a lot to do with it. Uh, but, you know, God's. God's ultimately in control of all that. Uh, we're just thankful that he's uh, allowed us to have an opportunity to see so many say yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you rely on your church members? Uh, rely, you mean, well, uh, obviously volunteerism is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. uh, we uh, try not to uh, get involved in activities that we don't have leadership for. So we really want to engage our congregation to step up and, and, and volunteer in different areas. Uh, volunteerism has always been a struggle in any church that I've ever talked to or been associated with. Uh, but principally that way, uh, raising up leaders to, uh, we have a small group ministry, we call them life groups, have about 12, 13 of them that are operating. And so we develop leaders to help lead those that are from the congregation, as well as our elders and our pastors are also leading those groups as, uh, during the week. Uh, so we and we rely on them when we have, you know, like cleanup days or act, or like we just had a special activity last Sunday that was completely staffed by volunteers. Uh, so trying to get them involved. We have a pantry where we try to engage our volunteers to serve the community. So we have a food pantry that's available on Fridays. Uh, any way that we can find a way to connect them to the community or to helping in the church, we try to do that. 
Yeah, and that's really great because I mean, again, when you when you see the fact that you're relying on church members to do the work of the ministry, not just mm -hmm. locally, but also, you know, to proclaim the gospel to others. Because mm -hmm. the reality is, and I don't, you have it like you, your only experience has been uh, at that church, but often larger churches become extremely staff focused and staff oriented. Mm -hmm. And it causes what I would consider uh, uh, unintentional lazy Christians. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was at a church in New Mexico, we had two services, 2,000 people. And uh, as the pastoral staff, the, the the senior pastor was adamant that things were really, you know, ship shape when people came, which I appreciated. Uh, but the pastors would be and the staff would be running around between services, making sure all the trashes were emptied. And and finally, we, you know, as, as we were complaining about it in a staff meeting, I just I asked the senior pastor, why don't we let the trash overflow? So maybe somebody in church thinks maybe I could do something. Um, and well, that didn't fly very well. So uh, but but I mean, I think it's easy for us to because we want to serve. Right. We want to mm -hmm. to make up the place that people walk into yeah. warm and 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 and. and inviting and yet if we we have to find that balance to go hey how does this warm invitation happen it doesn't happen um magically people we and so again it's important that i'm sure you have a, a good strategy of when people start making that your home church it's like okay so how do you want to get involved um yes. and so that's good that you do that uh so tell me about a time when you felt built up in ministry. Now, it's easy for us to to just say, well, there was, you know, I kind of, when I'm feeling this way, I feel this. But I always like to, if you can find a specific example that I was just kind of, you know, wrestling with ministry or, or it doesn't have to be wrestling with ministry. It was just a moment where something happened that you felt completely built up in ministry. Well, there's one that really sticks out in my mind. It was fairly early in ministry. I, I mean, I've had lots of points of encouragement. But one that always sticks out in my mind was uh, the church was going through a very difficult time because we were trying to transition our culture. And for pastors that listen to this, they know how difficult that can be and how it's not always well received. Uh, people are well intentioned saying they want a cultural shift, but when it starts to happen, it gets a little seismic <laughs> at times. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and just had some uh, some difficult times of one particular leader. And I was at the point where I go, hey, I could go back to what I was doing before. I was making lots of money in the business world. I don't have to be doing this. Uh, you know, had even gotten to the point where I had written a letter of resignation saying, I just I don't need this, uh, which is an all too common, I think, story for pastors. Uh I did something very odd that I don't normally do. I was in my office. It was Sunday morning in my office sitting before service. I said, I, I forgot to get the mail. And so I just walked out to get the mail. And then it was a letter from a young lady. Uh, and uh, she began to just tell me how important my uh, teaching and my encouragement was to her and my counsel was to her and how grateful she was. And just said, you know, I just felt led that I needed to encourage you today and say thank you for all that you've done and know that I wouldn't be a follower today if it weren't for your influence in my life. And I went, okay, that's all I needed. <laughs> it was a very powerful moment. I took yeah. that letter, just tore it up, threw it away and said, okay, God, if you couldn't, you couldn't have planned that any better because I never go out and get the mail on Sundays, right? Yeah. And somebody else usually does that, but being prompted to do that and finding that there, and I still have it in a folder here. Every once in a while, you'll pull it out and read it if you need to. But I have other letters like that. 
But uh, that was probably one of the times I felt so built up that someone out of nowhere, God prompted exactly when I needed it. And that's so important that we recognize how God uses the people in, in the church. I mean, often some of the challenges that we have, and now, I mean, just that story is beautiful, how God prompted you. The Holy Spirit said, hey, go get the mail. And you're like, what am I doing getting the mail? You probably didn't think that, but you're like, okay, I'll go get the mail. And because he wanted you to know that your work that you're doing is actually having um, impact and effectiveness, mm-hmm. and which is why we do it, right? We don't do mm-hmm. it because we get paid well. As you said, you could go back into the, <laughs> the business world and get paid a yeah. lot more. And um, yeah. we do it because we're, we're trying to obey God. We're trying to be faithful mm-hmm. to what he's called us mm-hmm. to do, but we're doing it to serve the people that he has entrusted Amen. to us. And mm-hmm. often it's really important to to know that we're actually doing something uh, that actually makes a difference. Because there's times, and you've been in, in ministry long enough, there's seasons where you're like, are people hearing anything that I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm not even talking correctly. I thought mm-hmm. I was a good communicator. Maybe I'm not as great as I thought. And so it's really just, and again, I want to encourage anyone who's listening, that letter is a simple letter, right? You mm-hmm. know, but extremely impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, and several years later, to he still, you know, John's still going, man, I remember that moment. And so mm-hmm. if you're a church member, you know, paying attention to this, it doesn't take a lot uh, mm-hmm. to to help you and encourage your pastor. Um, and uh, and so I just want to encourage you there. Well, I could go on, but I won't because I have other podcasts if you really want to pay <laughs> attention to it. So <laughs> what do you feel right now, though, is is the biggest challenge in your ministry currently? Oh, honestly, I think uh, it's a cultural shift again uh, in our leadership. Um, As we mature as a church and as obviously as you grow, we've added like 100 people since the first of the year. And and so we've had this um, tremendous amount of growth, uh, needing to have more leaders and realizing that maybe our leadership didn't have the right kind of culture within itself to handle this and move forward. And so the challenge is developing some really good quality leaders for the future and developing a different kind of way of relating to each other so that no matter what we face as leaders, uh, we can do that, you know, locked arms together, even when we disagree and learn how to, to be supportive. And most importantly, and I think it's so hard in society today is truly be honest with each other, you know, and, and, and know that I can go to you and talk about hard things and we're gonna be okay. And, and to have that kind of confidence can build a pretty strong leadership team. And I don't think that we've had a good team for years, but I don't think we've had that kind of team. And so that challenge as a pastor to, to help with that process and challenge myself to be that kind of person has been a good challenge. Uh, and so I think that's one of the biggest challenges just in ministry is getting that leadership where we need it to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have all the other challenges like everybody else has, sure. getting people yeah. to volunteer, you know, caring for your congregation. But that's the big one that's really on my heart. And since I'm close to retirement, uh, I want to make sure the church is as healthy as it can possibly be, be before I step out of my current role. Yeah, and you've been going to some some great lengths. I really admire your your leadership there and the to 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 walk through a pretty extensive process to identify those next uh, elders and leaders in your church 
um, to where you get that culture shift. And again, kind of going back to one of the first questions is how do you rely on church members? Well, this is a big reliance that you've mm -hmm. had on people to respond to that process even. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the process to go, yeah, I think I could be a benefit. I think I could help. I think God wants me to do this. And, and I want to be part of what God's doing here. I mean, if you didn't have people responding, it would be... Uh, trying to do it all yourself, right? That's right. And That's so right. Uh, it's interesting that we see that. Um, so I don't know what, get some phone call anyway. Um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> turn the volume down. I just don't know how, I don't know how these there old you go. That's all right. I answer an email or a text message while we were talking. To <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> oh God, it, it never stops. It never stops. <laughs> uh, well, I recognize the phone number, so I knew it wasn't an emergency. So that there was go. good. Uh, so uh, tell me how someone um, in your church within the last two weeks has made you smile. Oh, that was just a, that was just last, was that Friday? I believe it was, yeah, it was Friday. Uh, one of the young men in our church who is going to school uh, and is planning on making his profession here uh, is a, a kid I've played golf with and we've talked a lot but uh, he's going to be going for four months to do his internships that are part of his program. So he's going to be gone for two eight-week periods. And, and he said that uh, he called me up on Wednesday, I think it was, and just said, uh, God just put me on your heart and I'd like to get together before I go out of town. And, you know, for most pastors, they go, okay, why does somebody want to talk to me? Because it's usually not good. <laughs> I, I mean, I hate to say that, but you go on your first thought is, okay, what's come up? Right. And no, you know, Barry says, no, I just, I just want to visit with you. And so we got together on Friday morning for coffee downtown and just had two hours of great conversation. Very encouraging and nice to know that a young man in his mid-20s wants to spend time with his pastor and just visit before he has to go away. That was really uplifting to me and with no agenda other than, hey, I want to spend time with my friend. Well, that's a great, I mean, I love that you use that example. First of all, it's not on a Sunday morning, which is which is a huge example. That's a big thing. Uh, but secondly, uh, one of the, the six components of positive mental health is interpersonal relationship skills. Yep. And part of that is a willingness to to be social to some degree mm -hmm. uh, with church members. And the fact that you had the opportunity uh, just to hang out with somebody for mm -hmm. two hours and just, you know, build relationship um, is this huge for mm -hmm. your outlook and your optimism for the future, which goes to personal satisfaction. And, mm -hmm. and it's just really neat to see that that you've you've created that. And some of that is, is work on your part that you're approachable mm -hmm. and you actually care about people mm -hmm. and they know they can talk to you and you're not going to kick them out when they say <laughs> something stupid, um, which is why you allow me to hang out on Thursdays. With oh yeah. 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 It's not a hard, <laughs> it's not a hard lift. Tell me. Yeah. I get, I get told often that what I say is not helpful. So um, <laughs> not from me. You've never heard that. Before. It might be funny, but it might not be helpful <laughs> anyway. So, uh, so, last question for you what's your desire for the people at your church oh i think it's been the desire i've had ever since i became a believer i just want people to to truly live out their faith uh you know i a lot of decisions i make uh, have made in the directions that i've pushed has really gone back to uh you know action always trumps knowledge i hate you know it really does and from god's economy uh, you know, knowledge is important. I, I find it's really easy for Christians to step back and rest in what they know. 
but we were called to step up and do uh, based on what we know. I right. mean, they go hand in hand. Uh, and so I've just had the, a passion ever since the very beginning. I just want to make sure that the, the, the Bible is relevant. People know how to use the word of God, not just know the word of God and are willing to make a difference because that's the only way kingdom growth happens is for people to step up and help grow the kingdom by living out the faith that they've been handed and then to learn to pass that faith on to someone else. And so that's always driven me. I'm very practical application oriented as an individual. And uh, so yeah, that's, that, that's my heart for, for people and for the church. I think that's a that's a pretty good thing to say. Uh, and if you're church members at Gate City, I want you to listen to your pastor <laughs> and say, "Am I am I just resting in my knowledge, or is that knowledge prompting action?" Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned uh, the the food pantry, and I just want to mm -hmm. just make sure people are aware of it. it you're in Chubbuck, um, so that that food pantry happens. What time and where on Fridays? It's on our church property, uh, two hundred two West Siphon Road in Chubbuck. Uh, it runs from 3 to 6 p.m. every Friday. Right. And so um, we, we encourage uh, senior citizens to come early and we'll take care of them first and then everybody else after that. But we try to we, and we help. We don't turn anyone away. And as long as we have food, we will distribute it. Yeah, yeah it's a great ministry that you have. And so mm -hmm. I really appreciate you uh, mm -hmm. tackling that. So, um, John, I can't thank you enough. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to uh, when the weather gets warmer and we can go play golf again yeah uh, with a better back maybe even <laughs> yeah that would be great so um anyway thanks again um for joining us uh, again if you have more questions if you have comments uh please like share and subscribe so you don't miss any wonderful interviews like this one and so many more to come also if you have questions and you want to check out what i what services i offer ppmhi.org um, with that let's together help the church flourish